Hey guys, I'm Heather and I'm the oldest. She's the emotional one. Is it Bruce Dickinson? <laughs> Man, why, the, why? I mean, like, you haven't even read the list. You're like, Heather. <sighs> hey guys, I'm Ben. I'm the middle child. And he's the practical one. What I, what I need you to understand <laughs> is that you have lost all credibility when we get to the cutting stage. Why? Kenny Chesney was your second pick. I'm Beth, and I'm the baby. She's also the swing vote. My picks are great. And and if you don't believe it, just ask me. I won't argue with you because I'm mature. Together, we make the Music List Podcast. And we want to welcome you back to the Music List Podcast. And in honor of the first day of summer, this episode is dropping on the first day of summer. We are going to bring to you... A summer-related episode, because we're going to do the Beach Boys, the best song from the Beach Boys. My name is Ben. With me are my sisters, Heather and Beth, and we are the Music List Podcast. We are siblings that argue while making music lists. That's the stick. That's what we do. So, the Beach Boys, arguably, what do you guys think? I mean, if we were going to list... Maybe the greatest American band of all time. It's a short list for me of the people that would qualify. Would put the Eagles would probably qualify to be in the contention for number one spot of American great great American bands. I would say Van Halen. I know that we we just talked about Van Halen, and I guess the Van Halen brothers were actually born in the Netherlands, moved over here early. The rest of the band, I would imagine, is probably American born. But I would say. The Beach Boys are in that small oh, yeah. list of bands that could say that they are legitimately contenders for the greatest American rock band of all time. Yep. <laughs> That's it. That's what, well, we agree. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Thanks, thanks for that commentary. But like <laughs> the Beach Boys, to a large extent, like you kind of know it's the Beach Boys when you hear it. Oh, there yeah. are some bands and some groups like Jan and Dean. You could kind of. Uh, if you did not really know the band, you might get them a little confused. You might think that this is that group or that. But, I mean, yeah. the Beach Boys created a sound. Yeah. That They're is, uniquely American. Yeah. I mean, in their in that surf sound. And, and it's really, I mean... That's what it is. I mean, they're, they're, it's cars. It started with... It started with... Cars, girls, surfing, surfing, beaches, mm-hmm. the sun, more cars, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. And so as we make our list today, what I hope is I hope we have nine out of the nine songs that we draft. I hope we have a car song. I don't know that we will, but I hope we have a car song. I hope we have a girl song. I hope we have a surfing song and a beach song because it would kind of be very unbeach boys like if we didn't have <laughs> all those things represented but the beach boys were they were one of the bands that we you know we, we we talk about the music we listened to growing up quite a bit and mom and dad listened to the beach boys some but maybe not as much as some of the others i mean how much do you guys remember listening to the beach boys growing up I mean, it was. We had a we had a pretty good working knowledge of the the main 
hits, I think. But we didn't, mm-hmm. I don't remember us ever taking like deep dives into. Yeah. I don't remember it being like, this is one of the albums in the car that we're listening to on road trips. I don't remember it being like that. But looking back at making a list for this podcast, I was because. Supr- I was surprised at how many songs I knew and knew pretty well. Like, not just knew the chorus. I could go ahead and sing the verses, too. So Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily remember actively listening to the Beach Boys, but I know we must have spent a fair amount of time around it because, especially for my age, these songs weren't just... I mean, you hear them in movies and sometimes, you know, but... I don't. I can't think of any other way I would have known so much Beach Boys of their catalog. And you know, Mom may may be able to correct me, but I think that when we would go on road trips, there was a Beach Boys Greatest Hits cassette that we had in the rotation. Um, because I mean, I do remember some of these songs almost word for word, and, yeah. and some of it is like if you have. A lot of these songs do pop up in movies because mm-hmm. the Beach Boys are just intrinsically associated with California. Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of movies are made in the state of California on the beach. And so, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of Beach Boy songs in, end up in the movies and some of them will end up in commercials and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and all three of us were choir kids and their harmony structures are so unique that and they lend themselves well you know to to choral singing like when you have pops you know concerts and stuff like that that I think that probably without us even realizing it throughout our schooling like in choirs and stuff we probably sang a bunch of these songs too I can I know for a fact that when when I was in choir we sang Kokomo yep we did too just outstanding Kokomo. And then there was a medley yeah. <laughs> that we did that had In My Room. I know it had it because that was my favorite one of the three yeah. was In My Room. But I can't, I can't remember. We right did a whole um, surfing. Surfing USA was yep, on there. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Surfing yeah. USA, In My Room. I think Surfing Safari and, was on there. And Surfer Girl maybe was the other one. Maybe. I remember doing a whole bunch of Beach Boy stuff in choirs throughout. Yeah. Because, and you know, just because their harmonies are so important to their sound, I think maybe we probably hit those. And really, I didn't know this until I was kind of researching my songs, and I have a couple on my list from Pet Sounds, mm-hmm. which is one of the greatest rock albums of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, like a lot of people will say that it is a perfect 10. If you put mm-hmm. a list of perfect 10 albums, Pet Sounds is one of the ones that could very well be on the list, and... I didn't realize how influential it was with even the Beatles. We oh, talk a yeah. lot about how the Beatles yeah. influence yeah. other bands. Well, like the Beatles will tell you, without Pet Sound, Sgt. Pepper doesn't get That's made. That's correct. Yep. And so when you think about the influence that this had on Sgt. Pepper and then the influence that Sgt. Pepper had on rock and roll moving mm-hmm. forward, how much more important or influential does that make? The Beach Boys, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's um, just—it's kind of interesting, and and weirdly enough, like the the Beach Boys have kind of a reverence among other rock legends that talk so positively about their music. Mm-hmm. 
Like people don't even talk to the, about the Beatles the way they talk about the Beach Boys. It's really interesting. Paul McCartney loved the Beach Boys, right. loved the Beach Boys, and was very open about that. So, um, as you we wouldn't have as, Helter Skelter without it. Well. Brian Wilson got caught up in he got caught up in that. Uh, no, no, I, no, I, I, I understand the word we're talking about two helter skelter. That is here. an interesting. Yeah, but that, it, that but is. it is. Dennis was the one that got. It's kind of an interesting triangle. Yeah. Of, oh, it wasn't. Dennis Brian? was the one that was involved that, with like, the wrote Manson a song? family yes. with him. No, the reason the song yeah. even came about was because the legend has it that Paul McCartney and Brian Wilson were in a competition to see who could write the hardest uh-huh. song. Like the oh okay, and then I think in a you know in a separate you know universe or whatever you know I mean outside of the Beach Boys, Dennis Wilson was kind of Manson family adjacent. I think he was kind of at the ranch sometimes, but was not involved, of course, in the interest. Or so they say. Yeah, but you know what's also interesting about the Beach Boys is they had this very clean image. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, they were wholesome. They were clean. They had the clean cuts. You know, like a lot of, at this point, a lot of people, a lot of the rock folks were wearing long hair, not the Beach Boys. They had that real short, short cut, blonde hair, and they were surfers. And But, man, behind the scenes, they were doing some crazy <laughs> stuff. Crazy stuff. So, as you made your list, it was it enough just to be like your favorite Beach Boys song? Or were you looking at this from more than just a, well, I really like this song and there's this musically or this lyrically? I mean, what was it that ultimately put a song on the list for you? Ooh, um, for me, I'm looking at my nine. And I think I a lot of people would be like, what were you doing? Because I trended away from... I'm not saying this to be disrespectful because I do recognize that they're very influential, but Beach Boys is a lot of the same. Like in a for a certain period of their existence, right? A lot of the songs sound similar, and it's a lot of very simple, and it worked. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But um, I like their songs that are a little bit more complex musically. And lyrically, so I was trying to pick those out and bring those to the top. That's kind of where I landed. For me, one of my songs was it is simply because I I like it. My number three pick is there. What I you know as I got down my first my first two on my list, um, I think are standouts as far as either their cultural significance or their sound. And then there's there's one that I hope I get to draft that I just like it. <laughs> but because I agree a lot of the sound is is very similar. They 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 have a very iconic, yeah, unique to them sound, but then there are some standouts within that sound. And, you know, as I, I kind of had that same opinion going in, right? Like a Beach Boy song is a Beach Boy song. But there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah. yeah. But then as I started digging in, I was like, 
you know, this is a little bit more than just a Beach Boy song. Right. Like yeah. this one's this one's different. You know, yeah. it sounds like just on the surface because of those harmonies, the mm-hmm. harm the Beach Boys harmonies are so iconic and they did it so well that you kind of lull yourself into thinking all oh, all the Beach Boy songs they sound alike, but like Brian was really the genius behind I, I feel oh, like the genius definitely. behind the Beach Boys, For sure. and he got to where, you know, as a musical engineer, being able to bring in a lot of different stuff and experiment with a lot of, and it just worked. You know, like some people just have a creative gene where they just, they push all the right buttons, and, you know, I think that's one of the things that happened on Pet Sounds. Like, there was a yeah. lot of creative buttons getting pushed, and it it just worked. Yeah. Um, so... We're going to go with the best Beach Boy songs. This should be fun. It should be fun because, I mean, they had a lot of fun songs. Fun, fun, fun. It should be fun. Yeah. Oh, you beat me. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, so I hate drafting first, but I, I drew the first straw here. So I'm going to draft first. Beth is going to draft second. Heather will draft third, which means in the second round, Heather will draft first, then Beth, then me, and then I'll start the third round, and, and Heather will draft last in round three, and that'll be the nine the nine songs. So we're going to get this thing started with one that I would not say is my favorite Beach Boy songs. It does come, we, we talked a little bit about Pet Sounds. It does come off of Pet Sounds. Um, and f- before I tell you what it is, can we all agree, first of all, that Paul McCartney is an expert on rock and roll. Can we agree? I already know what you're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> and so can we all agree that if he said this was the greatest song ever written, yep. can we agree that that should maybe carry a little weight moving forward? A little. And if he said it was his favorite song of all time, can that carry a little bit of weight moving forward? A little, at least a little. No, he said it's his favorite. He said no, both. Says that he said it's the best. I'll give him because he's analyzing it as the best. But but I, he also said it was favorite his favorite song. song. I agree. It might it okay. might can be both. Yeah. So, it's God only knows. seriousness this, this is routinely considered to be one of the greatest love songs of all time um, there's kind of that vulnerability in true love and and this song really does a great job of kind of grabbing that essence it's it's not just you know really I love you it's what would lot what would my life be if you weren't in there and then like God was almost you don't mention God in songs and like the centerpiece is the girl, obviously, but secondary is 
we're mentioning God would only he would know what what life would be like without you which was really kind of taboo in rock music and pop music at the time and we talk about there's a lot of simplicity in this song I was I was looking at the lyrics and I noticed that every line ends with either it you me or knows every line in the song it is a very simple lyric um, but the complexity comes in the music. Okay, he brought in a French horn, harpsichord, sleigh bells. <laughs> and that's all like in the right. first 30 seconds of the and, song. And, and what's really crazy is that it is, it is complex, but it's one of the most sparse use of harmonies that they have. I mean, most of it's sung in unison. I mean... Except for the, you know, the lines that kind of overlap each other, but they don't have those tight harmonies like they normally have in most of their songs. It's a big departure. Yeah, and many consider it to be Carl Wilson's greatest vocal that he ever put down on on record and probably Brian Wilson's greatest musical engineering feat that he put it down and... Rolling Stone called it the, uh, or it was number 11 on the greatest songs of all time. Um, now, I've gotten to a point where I really don't put a lot of stock in Rolling Stone <laughs> anymore. But um, if we could, could we could we listen to the, if, if you listen to the beginning of this, you can hear the French horn, mm-hmm. you can hear the harpsichord and sleigh bells, which is not standard Beach Boys fan. <laughs> There's sleigh bells. <laughs> Just screams the beach. <laughs> There's also an accordion in there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, that's my number one overall choice. I agree with Sir Paul that this is uh, the greatest Beach Boy song of all time. With no further discussion, Beth, you you have the second pick of the first round. All right. My first pick is, um, like you said, it's not necessarily my favorite, but um, I'm choosing Good Vibrations. was the most expensive single ever recorded. Wow. <laughs> uh, Wilson recorded short, interchangeable musical fragments at four different studios, and you can kind of see that in the different shifts throughout the song. This song has pretty significant sections, um, which was, for me, the thing that pulled this to the top, because musically, it's very complex, very, um, very interesting, and when I was younger, I didn't appreciate it. I didn't, I didn't catch on to that. Because I was like, okay, the the chorus, the hook, right? I'm like, okay, 
I, I didn't really care for it. And so I was like, this Ooh, is Oh, you didn't like the I'm doing Yeah, I just, it, well, because, you know, you hear it so often. You're exposed yeah. to it so yeah. much. I'm like, all right. For us, it was a kissed commercial, you remember? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and the, the verses are good, you know. Yeah. And I usually don't like it when songs have a... Um, a really significant shift in musically where it sounds like two different songs stuck together. Mm-hmm. Also, that's just not the kind of... I don't really like that. Um, but listening um, with for the purpose of the podcast, I was like, oh, okay, well, they were, you know, that was more thoughtful than just we're sticking some pieces of a song together. Um, so I appreciate it more. They used over 90 hours of tape wow. in these sessions. So the estimated cost was in the tens of thousands of dollars. And their band publicist called it a pocket symphony. It impacted pop and rock music after its release. Um, in 1994, it w- was put in the Grammy Hall of Fame. It was number one in Mojo's Top 100 Records of All Time. Number six on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. It's listed in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 500 Songs That Shaped Rock and Roll. It has been cited as a forerunner to the Beatles' A Day in the Life. And Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody, which you can see again from mm-hmm. the different sections of songs. Um, yeah, and so I, I have a greater appreciation for the song because of the podcast and listening to it more analytically than I would have just as a casual listener. So would you even know that excitations is a word without this song? I would not know no. that it was a word. No. I looked it up. It's a word. It's a real word. They didn't make it up. I didn't know that. Yeah, I there's, they just yeah. needed something to there's, rhyme. There's two definitions. The application of energy to a particle, object, or physical system. I don't think that's what they mean. <laughs> I think it actually might be, the, though. The two is Vibrations. the action or state of exciting or being excited. Because I think that's what they Because here's the reason I think it's both, which I didn't mention. I, I think it's a fortunate dual meaning because this the lyrics were written inspired by... I think it was Brian Wilson's, their mom, she was talking about energy and vibrations and had a whole conversation with him about that. And so he wrote that based on that conversation. You missed an opportunity for a fun fact. That was, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fun fact. Yeah, and so I think that there's an interesting use of each definition could be applied here. So I think we're going to have a little lesson in my science classes next That's year cool, in yeah. my school. It's also interesting that they use um, the theremin. The theremin, yeah. And which also, you know, deals with sound waves and vibrations. And, you know, I mean, just there's Brian Wilson is so yeah. freaking smart that That's like crazy. he's next level genius. And you see mm-hmm. it when you really start to, you know, and I, that's one of the things I think a lot of people don't understand about, like, the truly great musicians. I think there's a level of genius that has been tapped into that most of us can never understand. I mean, guys like that, guys like Stevie Wonder or Prince mm-hmm. or Ray Charles, um, and you go back to the Mozarts and the Box and the Beethovens. There's a level of genius that I don't think, the modern person, like me, maybe y'all are geniuses. I'm not, but I mean, maybe. Well, yes, I am. <laughs> As a matter of fact, but I like it that you don't realize. I think we we kind of minimize what some of these people are able to do because it's just rock music or it's just pop, yeah, 
or it's just country music, or it's mm-hmm. just R and B, or whatever. When really, I mean, the complexities that they're bringing in, and like these dual meetings that had to be explained to me, are really next level genius. Yeah, mm-hmm. really I think there are. there is something to that of like the common folk like us. We can't <laughs> we can't really. <laughs> Um, conceive of how much thought is put into it. We're seeing that surface level. And then once we dig in, those light bulbs do come on. And that's what makes it so interesting. When we started here talking about how oh, Beach Boys, kind of simple sounds, kind of simple. And then the first two songs, we're talking about the musicality and all of that. It's kind of like it, Brian Wilson's so underrated, I feel like. Even though he's he's recognized widely as, you know, an icon, but I don't think that maybe the purposefulness of everything is considered when a lot of people talk about him, similar to people like Kanye and stuff like that, that maybe the personality or something like that gets in the way of people viewing what they can actually creatively are capable of. It's, it's kind of like the opposite of a great golf course. You know, in a, in a great golf course, you want it to look really hard, but play easy. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, that's, that's how you yeah. get people to go to the golf course. Like, it looks like it's really hard, but people can score on it. Mm-hmm. Music's a little different. I mean, because if you do it well, it seems easy. Mm-hmm. But then you right. kind of dig in, and the complexity behind it is a different animal altogether. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I like that pick, actually, and it was it was number two on my list. I'm kind of getting ahead yeah. of myself. Mm-hmm. but All right, Heather. Okay, well, mine is... At first glance, um, a little more simplistic, maybe, but I think very important at Surfing USA. Here's our surfing song. Yep. (laughs) If everybody had an ocean across the USA, then everybody be surfing like California. So they start right here. You'll catch them surfing at the Ventura County line. There are 15 different surf spots mentioned in this song. All of them in America and um, in the mainland. There's one mentioned from Hawaii and one mentioned in Australia. But um, now here's where it, why it's important. So it's a rewritten version of Sweet Little 16 by Chuck Berry. You know, that's, admittedly, that's what that is. Um, but um, there's there's a, they heard it, they heard Sweet Little 16, and then, you know, they said, well, we're going to, Brian Wilson's like, well, we're going to rewrite this as a surf song, you know. And um, for a long time, Chuck Berry wasn't credited as a writer, but then, but then he wasn't. I think there was a little bit of beef between them, and but I think they worked. Because if out. I know Chuck Berry, well, yeah. Chuck Berry gonna want his credit. But to be fair, Chuck Berry re-recorded the same song like seven yeah, times. Yeah, but you know, if you, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, still, but, but no, no, but if it's your own song, sure, yeah, right, no, yeah, no, right, I get right. It. But um, so, but what's different is that. They have that steady, upbeat tempo that that builds 
as you go and drives that music forward. And that's what popularized that, that, um, that style, that surf style. Um, Jan and Dean kind of, um, borrowed that tempo, um, similarity in their stuff. Um, it's on their second album, but it, it really changed the game. This is, this song is important because it um, established their image. It tapped into that part of the culture and became a, like a style of its own. Um, Billboard ranked it the number one song of 1963. And it's also part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that um, shaped rock and roll. So it, um, and I think that, Iconic Beach Boys harmony um, really comes out in this song. There, there are a few bands in the world that even if they were not singing any of their lyrics, they could just sing on law any any song, and you would know. Like you're gonna know Alice in Chains when you hear their harmonies. You're gonna know the Eagles when you hear their their style and their harmonies, and you're gonna know the Beach Boys. When you hear their style of harmony. So I think Surfing USA is one of those important shaping songs. And this really kind of highlights what I think made the Beach Boys so popular. Their harmonies are unique in that you know who it is when you listen to them, but they're easy to sing. Like if you yeah. like the inside outside USA, it's all one note. You find that one note and you stay on it. It's inside, outside, you. Unless you're at the top. Inside, outside. Like oh, but inside. I mean, you just, yeah. you're hitting those one threes and fives, you know, and you're just kind of hanging out right there. And but that singability is hugely important for pop music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's kind of the opposite of, you know, if you listen to music from the classical period or the Baroque period or the Romantic period, it's designed to not be easy, <laughs> right? I mean, it's, yeah. you, you yeah. know, Mozart didn't want just anybody to be able to write his stuff. Or oh, to, right. You know, Correct. And yeah. so, I mean, there was a, you know, Chopin wasn't writing piano pieces just for anybody. I mean, right. it was designed to be impressive, but with pop music, the magic sauce is really making it interesting, but simple enough to be singable to the average Joe. And really, I kind of, I feel like there may not, with the harmonies, I don't know that anybody did it better than the Beach Boys. And this is kind of a a highlight of, or kind of a, a master class in being able to provide those harmonies that are very singable mm-hmm. for people. Yep. Oh, it's me again. Yes. It? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I switched gears uh, for my number two pick. This this is truly one of my favorite uh, Beach Boy songs. It is in my room. Oh, I love this song. In my room 
So without getting too much into theory and all that weird stuff, it's in B major, but it features a flat seven. Yep, a I don't major know what that means. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what gives it that that sound. It weirdly enough, this was the B side of "Be True to Your School." <laughs> it's not often that you get a you know a B side that is so that is so well known, but um, it was number two hundred and twelve of the five hundred greatest songs of all time, and it was in. Uh, Entered the Grammy Hall of Fame in 1999. So this was Brian Wilson's melody, and he co-wrote it with Gary Usher in about an hour. They went to his house after playing a pickup game of basketball, and they, his, he said his parents were getting annoyed and everything, but they, he went over, it, he said they were past their cur- curfew a little bit, and his parents were getting annoyed, but they wrote it. He played the bass, and um, Brian Wilson was on the organ, and uh, you can kind of see how maybe it even came together, you know, when they start layering those harmonies onto the to the um, to the melody. If this helps put it into perspective, David Cross, David Crosby of Crosby, Stills and Nash, who also have one of those sounds with their harmonies that is pretty iconic. He said that it was the defining point for him. When I heard it, I thought, I give up. I can't do it. I'll never be able to do that. So it was such a defining moment for somebody who made their bread and butter, mm-hmm. you know, in a in a group that was so known for their harmonies. It was that influential to him. And it's it's really just, it's calming and it's, beautiful and Brian Wilson said that really that was written from my experience he said I my room was the place where I could it was kind of my castle and I could go and be creative and and I was I was this is one of the ones I had on my list so I was researching it and come to find out I mean you know he would his dad was rather cruel and so you know when he Talked about his room being a refuge. I mean, that would be where he would go to get away from his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it <laughs> like it's a, it. This was one of the songs on a medley that we sang when I was in school. We we did a Beach Boys medley, and um, in my room was my favorite song that was part of the three or four songs that I were think in the we medley. Did that same medley. <laughs> and and I always thought it was just, okay, in my room, that's where I go. That's, you know, I'm a teenager. You know, teenagers, they like to have that alone time, their own little space. But then when you hear the backstory sometimes mm-hmm. of songs, it puts a little bit more of a, I don't want to say a sinister spin on it, because, I mean, it's, it's not sinister to go to your room yeah. if that's your place of refuge. But it it doesn't make it, you know, kind of the normal, yeah. general, cozy, you know, teenager yeah. thing going on. I'm, you know, stepping out on my own. It was... It was more of an escape. Um, and you hate to hear stories like that, you know, because it changes the dynamics of the song a little bit. But yeah. I love the the way they add, you know, like... I mean, I just love the different mm-hmm. uh, levels of, of harmonies that they add as they go along. It's just it's richer and richer and mm-hmm. richer until you hit this kind of blossoming part of the deal and then they then they draw it back 
But like you say, it's accessible. So if you're teaching, especially younger singers, and, and I bet you did it in junior high. Sure. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And so, you know, you can keep you can keep that first line on that, you know, they're singing that as they add, you know, you you stay here, you and then you add it and they realize how that harmony blossoms out. And yep. it's 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 really a good thing for younger singers. Whose pick is it? Uh, oh, it's me. All right. So my second pick is Don't Worry Baby. Well, it's been building up inside of me for track is so good it's maybe it's maybe one of my favorites because he can just float up easily um and it's not stringent it's i mean there is i mean this the quality of his voice is unique um but to be able to have that fluidity you know and then descend beautifully like man so good um this is on Ben's 100 Greatest Songs of All Time, Pitchfork's 200 Greatest Songs of the 60s, Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. Um, so Wilson was inspired by the song Be My Baby by the Ronettes. Um, and they actually offered it to them, but they turned it down because I think it was their producer or something like that wouldn't record any music with them that he didn't write. Uh-huh. Um, and so they had you know, a great song offered. And I think um, some of the members, they came back to Wilson later and were like, we really wanted to do that, but mm. they wouldn't let us, um, which worked out for the Beach Boys. But, yeah, sure did. Um, there's a vulnerability in the lyrics and the vocal performance. So it's this macho guy regrets getting involved in a drag race and he goes to his girlfriend. He's like, oh, so, wait, wait, wait. so in this one song, we've hit cars, cars and girls, and girls. Cars and girls. <laughs> yeah. And he, he goes to her and she's like, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. So he talks about, you know, it's this, this kind of macho guy, but he's like, I go to her to be my place to say, everything's going to be okay when I'm, cause I do get scared. He admits that. I mean, you can hear that in the vocal performance as well. Um, so he just talks about how his girl reassures him and supports him. So lyrically, vocally, musically, obviously harmonically, that's going to be pretty much any song that we talk about today, harmonics. But, um, yeah. What what I what I love about this particular song is it's, it's so hard, and this is part of his vocal quality, but it's hard to tell when he's in falsetto and when he's not because yeah. there's like no... Yeah, the, no break. There's no break, and it's just it's so seamless. And the way that he sings full voice... It almost has a falsetto quality to it anyway, and so you just never can tell yeah. when he's... That's a mark of really good you know. control, when you can't tell where the break is. Yep. I would like to hear these vocals isolated, because what I can't tell is if there are effects. I mean, I'm sure there are some effects, but or if he's doubled and tripled, like... Yeah. And the, if he is 
doubling and tripling, singing, like dubbing over. That's even the more fact impressive. that he can do that <laughs> yeah. so seamless. Like he can sing it the exact same way every single time. I can't tell if those are like if they've got a bunch yeah. of delay and reverb. I don't know how they even did that back then. I don't know. So, yeah, that's a amazing vocal. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. It's gonna be tough to cut these down to five, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Because we've got five picks in, and they're all really good. Yeah. <laughs> Let me add another really good one. So this is the first track on Pet Sounds. Um, it is, you know, like we said, I mean, Pet Sounds is one of the greatest rock albums of all time. You know the first track has to be fire, right? I mean, that's just the way that that works. This one fits the bill. Tempo changes, key changes. The first key change is six seconds into the song. Has those uh, quintessential Beach Boy harmonies, um, but they were in the really kind of in the throes of revolutionizing progressive pop rock. Um, it's wouldn't it be nice? This feet, this really kind of fits that clean Beach Boys image, right? It's about young lovers who they, they just they want to wait, they want to wait to get together, you know, <laughs> to do everything the right way, to have the relationship they want to have. They have to wait, you know, and so you kind of have this this joyful, youthful love, which are happy lyrics. At the same time, it's kind of got that oh but we can't we have to wait this mournful waiting um kind of angst as they have to wait to fully commit to the relationship that they want to have i like that we're getting those classic beach boys harmonies but they've really dialed them back like this is really about the solo vocal i mean this is about that lead vocal um but if you were to if you were to isolate like the background vocals it's those Oh, yeah. It's those Beach Boys vocals, yep. but they've really kind of dialed it back so it's not kind of the forefront of this particular um, of this particular song. And when you go and you, and you look at the greatest Beach Boys song, I was looking at all these lists. I mean, this song kept popping up in the top five, top six, over and over again. I mean, in a couple lists, it was number one. And um, it's just, it is kind of that, that quintessential... Beach Boy sound, but like you could tell, like at the very beginning of it, they're leading rock and roll into almost like that new psychedelic era. And, you know, really until I had not thought about the Beach Boys that way until this, until we started researching for this episode. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wow, these guys were on oh, they, yeah, the yeah, forefront for sure. of the the changing of the guard in rock and roll, um, which was really fascinating because they were the old guard of rock and roll leading up to that time period. And, you know, we've mentioned it on different episodes that 
a lot of times the greatest bands of all time are the ones that stay one step ahead of the mm-hmm. curve. They they don't necessarily evolve with the times. The times evolve with those great bands. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what we saw with the Beach Boys. I mean, they were they were at the front. They didn't wait on anybody to change. They were just evolving their own sound, and the rest of rock and roll was trying to catch up. And this song is, you know, being the first song on Pet Sounds, which was instrumental to the way that rock and roll would sound um, for the next seven, eight, nine years, yeah. makes this song incredibly incredibly influential in the way that rock and roll would be listened to and heard over the next decade. What year did Pet Sounds come out? 65? Let's see. You caught me off guard with a question. (laughs) 66, I'm sorry. Okay. 66. Well, ask because that's the same year that... Rubber Soul came out. And I know that Paul McCartney, especially, and Brian Wilson were, you know, were in contact, you know, with each other about songwriting. And it's just interesting yeah. to see how, you know, when you're when you're a contemporary with somebody else that shares your level of genius. Of genius yeah. That they seem to have a, you know, pretty cordial at least at least if not friendly you know level of competition you know and really trying to make it you know it's interesting to see how good artists make each other better and they were doing their own thing and they both took rock and roll and you know they it spread you know just the spread the genius around they weren't copying each other but they were inspiring each other and you can hear how that you know comes out in their music well and you know i think we had mentioned on one of the podcasts previously that i mean the same thing happened with metal yeah you know deep purple black sabbath and led zeppelin all released their debut album within like a year and a half of each other which meant they were all working on their albums independently of each other before that and then they all come out at almost the exact same time I mean, how does that happen? And then, you know, you those three that... Now, they all do sound very different. I mean, Deep mm-hmm. Purple does not sound like Led Zeppelin and does not sound like Black Sabbath, and Sabbath doesn't sound like Zeppelin or... But, you know, all three of those bands came out. It, I mean, it, and when you look at the span of music history, it's basically the same time, right? Mm-hmm. But then the, all these metal bands, they take... We're going to take this from Sabbath. We're going to take this from Zeppelin. We're going to take this from Deep Purple. And they were enough alike that you combine those three, and now all of a sudden, out of that, you get the proliferation of metal bands behind them. And, you know, we kind of see the same thing with psychedelic rock happening Mm -hmm. with or progressive pop rock or whatever these, you know, subgenre names you want to put on it. And with like the Beach Boys and the Beatles. Yeah. And what's, but what's really interesting about the Beach Boys and the Beatles is these were established bands yeah. with a different sound, and then they reverse course. Not so, I say reverse course. They evolve, however slightly, yeah. in roughly the same direction, but coming at it from different places. Right. And the rest of rock and roll grabs onto that and says, ooh, I like this. Yeah. It's, it's not a hard, you know, 
jump to to see the influence of God only knows on maybe I'm amazed, you know, and to see how maybe maybe it wasn't even a a conscious right thing, you know, but you can listen to those two and and see the influence of one on another. But you know, and again, like <laughs> the Beatles and the Beach Boys were so different. Their harmonies were different. Uh-huh. You know, their instrumentation. instrumentation was different. But at the same time, that early 60s rock and roll, they were both clean cut. You know, they were singing relatively, you know, clean, innocent songs. Mm-hmm. I want to hold your hand, right, yeah. for the Beatles. Yeah. and um, But then at about the same time, from two different areas, though they're a lot alike in some ways, they're very different in their music. Right. They kind of converge, go to the same place, and then rock and roll takes that and just, you know, explodes in a bunch of different directions. And it's just... Drugs. It's no, just... just fa- well, it... <laughs> also, yes. Yeah, also, yes. I mean, you know, I don't think that... Like, I mean, you can't the rule Beach out Boys that have, factor, but... The Beach Boys have n- not been... Shy about saying LSD right. has played a right. role in some of their right. stuff. No, but to be fair, working in education, we've seen a lot of people who have partaken, and they're not coming up with the stuff like this. <laughs> no, so it's not it's not Correct. due to the drugs. Like, Correct. Yeah, yeah right. it's the human being. <laughs> it's what they bring out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> so that is the end of the second round. Oh, I get the first pick of the third round. And just, we'll just play it. It's California Girls. All right. There's your girl song. Well, the East Coast girls are hip. I really dig those styles they wear. And the Southern girls with the way they talk. It's funny that we mentioned that the effect that this has on the Beatles because this song directly caused back in the USSR a parody. It's a parody of this song, you know. So it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek on California girls. But this song is one of, if not their most highly commercially successful songs of all time. I mean, when you just look at single sales and this is the one that they will oftentimes start their concerts with because it's a fan favorite. This is not a difficult song, right? I mean, this is pretty simple. Um, but when you just look at the sheer volume of sales, it's incredible. Um, like, I, I would say that it is probably not going to be as musically 
intriguing as some of the other picks. And uh, yes, this did have some. This was an acid trip. Uh, they've admitted that an acid trip kind of induced this song. Uh, came out of that. Um, but this has a little something for everybody, right? I mean, like, uh, no matter what part of the country you're from, it's going to talk good about your girls. I know, but I always felt... Just not quite as good as those. I always thought the Southern girls kind of got... I guess as an adult, I don't feel so slotted. But, you know, when I was younger, I was like, what? We're not all farmers' the daughters. Way, the way they talk. Oh, that was the Midwest. Midwest mm-hmm. was the farmers' daughters. Yeah. Southern girls with the way they talk. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, like... They don't really say anything about the California girls. They just say they wish they could be them. And it never really says what's so great about California girls. Well, did you see the David Lee Roth video? wishes all the girls, the different kinds of girls could be in California, like accessible to them. I don't think that's what he means. I wish they all could. Oh, oh, that's an interesting one. That's an interesting way to think about it. I hadn't thought about it from that perspective. Like maybe all the girls, just put all the girls in California. Yeah. Like I like all the girls. I wish they could be close to me oh, geographically. I'll, I'll I don't know. That's it what to I be, thought. The Cal- the girls in California are the best ones. Yeah, but that's then he what, never really said. That's why. the way I took it. And I didn't. You know, it becomes easier to understand when you watch the David Lee Roth yeah. video. <laughs> yes, that is that is yes. <laughs> it's like yeah. oh, I understand. <laughs> yeah, that video is him. A lot of skin in that video. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> True story. Is it me or on the chorus, it feels like they are a little bit ahead of the beat? I was, okay, maybe that's it. It, it felt like the, I felt like the chorus was dragging a little bit. As we critique <laughs> no, one not. of the greatest bands of all time. No, it just. It, on it, one of their biggest hits of all time. Yeah. Can, no, we, it, can we pull it up? Can we? It feels like the vocals are just a hair either behind or ahead, but it feels like they're a little bit ahead. Or is it syncopation? I don't think it's that far off. Well, we got to get to the chorus. Can we get to the chorus? Here we go. Nope. <laughs> Second verse. Okay, close enough, right? Here we go. Exactly like. Well, we didn't do myself any favor to get that song in the top. <laughs> 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 it's a fun oh, well. song, though. Yeah. Well, you can't get them all in the top five. Well, it was a hit for a reason. I mean, every, some more people liked it. Yeah, you know, that's and ultimately true. that's, you know, I, and I've, I, as we do a lot of these best songs, I mean, I've, I've always wondered, I mean, are the best songs really the best hit, the biggest hits? Because what makes a song. Great, and it is how much do people enjoy? Ultimately, it's how much do people enjoy the song? Yeah, and I'm not. I mean, who am I to sit there and critique Brian Wilson as an engineer? And well, we wouldn't have much of a podcast if we. Well, didn't, that's true. But I if mean, we didn't critique it a little bit. But it just, it just, it just felt 
I, I'm not even saying it, you know, as an insult. I'm just saying it felt a little strange. But anyway. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, and now for something completely different. Is that what we like to say? Yep. <laughs> With your thinking, it's a Beach Boys episode. <laughs> How could it get so much different? But my pick is <laughs> Little Saint Nick. Guy <laughs> <laughs> with the sleigh bells, man. talked about being a choir kid i got this was in the greatest hits of course of my age groups we had a we had some pretty good guy singers at the time i was coming through and they were some somewhat favorites of our choir teacher and so they had themselves a little a little group that she would pull out and they did this darn near every year and they did it really well um but yeah, so we heard it every year. So uh, it's time for a fun fact. Fun fact. So Wilson wrote the lyrics while he was out on a date, and he rushed home from the date to finish the music. So apparently, he was so excited about <laughs> about the lyrics and music of Little Saint Nick that he was ready to leave his date. Was like, all right. So either that or it was a really bad date. Maybe both. Or maybe he realized how great. Of a song he was about to write, iconic Christmas tune <laughs> that he was going to come up with. So can you, Beth, remind me? Yeah. Why did we choose to do the Beach Boys <laughs> for this episode? Because <laughs> now you have a point, but I don't want to say it. <laughs> but that summer starts today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is best so best Beach Boy songs, not best summer Beach Boy songs. <laughs> you said it was summer adjacent. Summer adjacent. And they kind of sound summery. They still have their Beach Boy sound, the beach sound. It's Christmas they in the beach. They did bring too. out the sleigh bells in the track a little bit more. They have Christmas in California. Just not the same as they do. <laughs> anyway, that's my pick. I don't really have anything to say about it. <laughs> Heather. Okay. Well, okay, so this is the last pick of the. It's the last the pick, thing. yeah. Yeah. Better make this one count. I got your car song. Do we have one yet? Yeah, I had one. A Don't worry, baby. Had cars. Oh yeah, yeah, it had cars oh. in it. Well, yeah. anyway, is, what's your pick? This is fun, fun, fun. Oh, this is all about cars. All about cars. Nineteen sixty-four. There's that surf sound, baby. Yep. That guitar tone. Yeah, 
based on a true story. <laughs> it was inspired by the daughter of a radio station owner where they gave interviews and she got grounded because she had she had her daddy's T-bird and she said she was going to the library. But she didn't, and she got caught. Did she drive through the hamburger stand? I don't know if she drove to the hamburger stand. But um, she didn't even know this This particular woman did not even know for a few years that she was... She, The story got back to the Beach Boys, and they wrote the song, and she didn't even know that she was the inspiration for... I guess when she heard it, you know, and put it all together, you know, but... So it's... that's. That's your car song, and she that really happened, and, and there's not much to say about it. I mean, there's, I don't think it's groundbreaking in any way, but it is a just fun with one fun song. Yeah, and so you know, it's it's very just quintessential Beach Boys. So, all right, so we have we have nine songs. Can we hear them? Ben has drafted God Only Knows, Wouldn't It Be Nice, and California Girls. Heather drafted Surfing USA, In My Room, and Fun, Fun, Fun. And I drafted Good Vibrations, Don't Worry Baby, and Little Saint Nick. <laughs> I'm trying to find the <laughs> And Little Saint Nick. So I, there, there are two songs. Let me see how many. I had um, one, two, three, four songs that did not get selected. So did I. Um, I had um, Sloop John B. In my room. I oh, no no no. You Surfer Girl did not get oh, drafted. Yeah. Help me, Rhonda, and I get around. Yeah. And I'm 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 genuinely disappointed that Sloop John B. did not get drafted. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I really am because I I think that's. Mm. I think that's a great song. Uh, my missing ones were I Get Around Till I Die, which I feel like that's like the Beach Boys version of Because yeah. from the Beatles. Yeah. Uh, Be True to Your School, and I also had Surfer Girl. Um, What that didn't get, I don't, all of mine were mentioned, oh. either that you didn't, oh, really? that were on your long list, so I didn't have well, anything. Which ones mentioned. did you have that didn't get selected, though? Uh. I think the only one that I have that didn't get drafted was um, I Get Around. So what do you guys have against Sloop John B? I, I think. I mean, I thought that was a, I thought that was um, uh, almost a sure in like going to get drafted by somebody. I thought it Why was. Why didn't a, you draft it? Well, because I got three of my top four. Well, I got you a car song. But it's not Sloop John B. <laughs> well, <laughs> Sorry about you. Mm, okay. I disagree with you all. So, um, we have nine songs. Do we already list the nine songs? Yes. So now we are on the round to cut them from nine to five. Oh, I don't want to do that. Working nine to five. <laughs> that was some. Well, that was energetic. Boy level harmony there. Yeah. Okay, so what are we going to do? So are there any songs? Uh, okay. Hmm. What do you guys want to do? I don't know, because they're all pretty 
iconic Big Boy songs. Well, I mean, I I feel they're not God all knows, iconic. Beach God Boy only songs. knows was also my number one. Okay. And it was your number one. It was. Was it on your list? No. But that's a personal issue. I just don't like it. But there's nothing I can do. I was just trying to see if we could move over the... Okay. What about Good Vibrations? I had it number two. Uh, it was... <laughs> it was seven. And I mistyped it. I've got Hood Vibrations. Hood Vibrations, <laughs> which... That's the hip hop version. Like a- so, <laughs> wow. what about um, you? You was your number one. Yeah. Okay. So that we all had three had that one, and two of us had it relatively high. What about wouldn't it be nice? I didn't have that one though. It was my number nine. What about Surfing USA? I did not have it on my list. I didn't either. Wow. What about in my room? Is my number two. A number three. It was my number seven, so that's mm. an that's an option to move over. What about Don't Worry Baby? It was my number two. Not on my list. It was not on my list. Wait. No, 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 no. Sorry. It was number six. Okay. What about Wouldn't It Be Nice? Nine. I didn't have it. Didn't have it. What about California Girls? Four. I didn't have it. Didn't have it. Little Saint Nick, I didn't have it. <laughs> what? Fun, 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 I didn't have it. I had a six. Okay, this is going to be hard as heck. Yep. yep. Going to be hard. Okay. <clears throat> Don't take this the wrong way, but can we cut Little Saint Nick? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, okay, now we've, we've got eight songs to cut. we got a little three more. <clears throat> um, just based on the way that the uh, conversation went on California Girls, I feel like that one's probably not going to make the top five, even though it was my pick. I mean, it was. Where was it for you? It was four. It was four. It was four for you, but it was not on your list. No. Why was it not on your list? It was really four like on it. my list. I don't really like it. You don't like it? It's, I mean, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There we go. Short and sweet. I mean. Good Vibrations, it was on my, it was not on your list? It was number seven. It was number seven. And you drafted it, so it was number one on your list? Mm-hmm. Okay, Good Vibrations is, is almost certainly going over. Um, Don't you think. I mean, because it's the, the only is it the only one that all three of us had? Did you have in my room? I did. Did you have it, Heather? I did. It was number we seven for one. me. It was number three for me. It was number three for me as well. Okay, it's not going to be hard for me to get in my room to number five, so it can go over. Uh, um, no, no, I'm just saying it to be in the top five. I oh, not, okay. Yeah. I thought, yeah. I mean. What do we do? Okay, like, God Only Knows wasn't on your list, but it was both of our number one. Yeah, and I just... <laughs> just again, don't like the song. Well, it's lyrically, I feel like it's not... I don't feel like it's that great of a love song, to be honest with you. I feel like it's depressing and almost manipulative in a way. It's like, oh, I would... I have no reason to live if you leave me. Like, when dudes say that, it's just like, 
You're so sad. you think it's gaslighting? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I think it's kind of pitiful. <laughs> but that's fine if it's your number. If it's y'all's number one, there's nothing I can do about it. I don't have beef with it. I just don't care for it. So you don't. <laughs> you think Paul McCartney is stupid? No, I didn't say that. Well, if Paul McCartney got a vote, he would put it in the top five, too. <laughs> well, when Paul McCartney, Sir Paul, if you would like to come on the podcast, we can let you. And we welcome you to come on the podcast. Absolutely. You could be our first guest. <laughs> well, obviously, I'm fine with moving it over because it was my number one and I drafted it. Yeah. And it was my number one. I just didn't get to draft it. Okay. So we have two slots left. <clears throat> um so can we cut fun 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 and the reason that i that i would say mm-hmm. that is that <clears throat> then you don't have a car song give me don't worry baby and you do <laughs> it's not really a car song it's about racing somewhat but like here's the it's kind of like the same conversation you have with the beatles if you were to list the top ten greatest Beatles songs, probably eight of them are going to be late Beatles. Maybe even nine. Yeah. Unless you mess up Should've. the list. Um, <laughs> Shade. <laughs> but, and I feel like, you know, the Beach Boy, and, and that's just normal, I think, because of the evolution of a band. I mean, they just get better. And Fun, Fun, Fun was kind of that early Beach Boys. I don't know that it will be able to compete musically with the songs that came from their later albums, if that makes sense. And, I mean, this is best Beach Boys songs. It's not like, it's not really like this is a list of Beach Boys songs that are the most iconic or the most well-known or anything like that. It's the songs that we think are just the better songs. The best ones. Yeah. And so it would make sense that the longer a band has been together, the more experience they have, the more mature they get as musicians, that they would their songs would be better. I mean, except Fun, Fun, Fun came out after Surfing USA and... Well, like Surfing USA was like... The like, second album. Yeah, I mean, that was after, real early. After In My Room, too, I think. But anyway, I'm, yeah, I'm fine. I don't think it's their best song ever. I I would have more trouble with cutting Surfing USA than Fun, Fun, Fun. But you're going to try to cut them both, aren't you? I don't know. I mean, I'm, right now I'm just trying to cut Fun, Fun, yeah, Fun. I, that, I, I understand. It's not, that's not the best song on the list. Okay, so we can, we can cut that one. Mm-hmm. So now we have two slots left and how many songs? That are still in the running? Four. We got to cut two more. Okay. Um, What's left? Wouldn't it be nice? California Girls, Surfing USA, and Don't Worry Baby. Hmm. In My Room's over, right? Yes. What are the ones that are over? In My Room, Good Vibrations, and God Only Knows. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Whoops. So, 
according to my list, I would want to move over California girls and um, that's it. That's the only one I have left on my list. I didn't have the other ones on my top nine. Just just looking at my list, though. Yeah. Um, I would want to move Surfing USA over simply because of its significance in their sound. The influential nature of the song. Yes. You said it would be a shame if we didn't have a car song, a surfing song, or a girl song. I said drafted. I don't have to be in the top five. But I would want him to be drafted. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. But do you not think that it wouldn't it would be a shame if there wasn't a surfing song in the Beach Boys top five list? Well, that's why somebody should have drafted Surfer Girl. What? Surfing USA is better than Surfer Girl. Disagree. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Well, nobody did draft Surfer Girl. They drafted Surfing USA. No, so. but we both had we both had Surfer Girl on the list. Right. Well, is the only the only Surfer song that I guess multiples of us had, but we just didn't draft them. Right. But that doesn't mean that the one you had is better. It just means your ranking is your ranking. <laughs> hmm. What's the highest song on your list that's not over yet? Don't worry, baby. Hmm. Do you have that on your list? Uh yeah. Where? Six. I wouldn't have a big problem with that one getting moved over. Um I really feel like wouldn't it be nice to be over though? Just, I mean, just looking at the, uh, doing the research, the quote unquote experts seem to really like that song, but we're the experts now. Yeah, we are. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Why is it so hard? Well, because we all want our songs in and we don't want to give up a slot. Um, what songs are left? Remind me. Wouldn't it be nice? California Girls, Surfing USA, and Don't Worry Baby. Okay. Well, we got two slots. Were there only two songs that both that had two people select them? That would be the easiest way to do it. And I say that Maybe. selfishly because one of them is mine. Which one? California Girls. Oh. California Girls had two and... What was the other one that had to? Don't worry, baby. Don't worry, baby. Man, that'd be a shame if wouldn't it be nice to get in, but it is what it is. <laughs> I, I mean, I... That's one way to do it. I'm just saying. Yeah. That's one way I mean, to do I, it. Obviously, I really like my song, so I feel like I could be swayed either way on any of the other three. I do strongly feel that Don't Worry, Baby is a better song than the rest of them. But apart from that, well, I can I mean, see a case made for any of the other ones for the last spot. I think Wouldn't It Be Nice is a better song than Don't Worry Baby. 
As evidence that it's on my list and Well yeah, you think that. Well yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Heather, what do you've got to I, say I mean, about the I, issue? Surfing USA was my number one pick for a <laughs> oh, reason. Good I Lord. think I think it should go over. Oh good. Great. It's incredibly simple though. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Sort of matters. Well it does. Sort of matters. We spent, you know, an hour talking about the complexity of some of these songs, and Surfing USA is like not super complex. <laughs> no, but you can't deny its influence. Oh no, it's, it's very important. influential. Oh, I don't, I don't blame that. I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. It is influential. There's no question. It's influential. Well, I mean, either way, I'm outvoted. So. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> so we're we're wasting time on me trying to get like it, if we're going to be like totally honest, the way that I was listening to the conversations about the songs, I would say the best two songs are "Don't Worry, Baby" and "Wouldn't It Be Nice." We'll put them over. I can go for that. You know, I feel like you know listening to California Girls with the headphones on. I wasn't nearly as impressed as I was just listening to it. Doing my research for the song, for the episode. Yeah. Um. It kind of reminded we bring up the Beatles a lot. Kind of reminded you know the Beatles would leave mistakes in there because they were the Beatles and they didn't have to fix things. <laughs> felt like they kind of did that with California Girls a little bit. <laughs> like that could have been cleaner. I felt like it could have been cleaner. The recording could have been. But maybe. So I I would be satisfied with moving over. Don't worry, baby, and wouldn't it be nice? Okay. So now we got to rank. Yep. So here's the here's the scenario, if I understand it correctly. Two of us had God only knows number one overall, but you didn't have it at all. But all three of us had good vibrations on our list. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. So that's the. The one and two. I mean, I would imagine it's going to be one and two, but the question is, does all three of us having one song on the list over oh, over rank two of us two of us having it number one overall on our list? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know the answer to that though. Well, obviously, I'm the one who picked <laughs> Good Vibrations first, but like, if we're talking about best songs. It's a more complex song, musically, lyrically. We had a little light bulb moment with the, like, looking at the definitions. I think it's deeper. I think it's a richer song. I think it's a richer experience for the listener than God Only Knows. So in that sense, I would say that it should be best. I understand Paul McCartney said what he said. But, and you know, if it were only if it were only Paul McCartney, then we could say, okay, that's only Paul McCartney. But it's not only Paul McCartney, right? Like Bono said that it was fact and proof that angels exist. This song, Bono's weird. Well, Barry Gibb said that it (laughs) blew the top of my head off. 
My first thought was, oh dear, I'm wasting my time. How can I ever compete with that? We've, the Bee Gees, have been competing with that ever since. Pete Townsend said, God only knows is simple and elegant and was stunning when it first appeared. It still sounds perfect. Well, see, and here's here's my my thing with this. Just because it's more simple, I think I agree that Good Vibrations has a whole bunch of layers and a lot of things going on, but I think God only knows resonates with people on a on a level that is kind of hard to I think God Only Knows is a better song than Good Vibrations. It may not be as a complex a song, but I think it's a better song on an emotional level, maybe than technical level. I agree. Okay. Nothing I can do about it. That's true too. <laughs> so <laughs> Good Vibrations is definitely number two. And it was, I think it was number two on my list. Yes. So what are the other three? In My Room, Don't Worry Baby, and Wouldn't It Be Nice. So In My Room should be number three, yeah. I think so. Mm -hmm. I think so. I like that song more and more every time I hear it. Every time I hear it, I like it even more than I did the first time. So now we're deciding four and five, (laughs) Don't Worry Baby, or Wouldn't It Be Nice. And Heather, you'd be the swing. You would be the swing because I mean they were back to back selections. I mean they're they're very similar to me. Mm-hmm. I like they are. I don't even remember who picked what. Um, I like. Wouldn't it be nice more myself than Don't Worry Baby? So is that your selection? That would be my vote. Don't Worry Baby to me sounds like it. Sounds like it was written for somebody else to sing. All right, we got the list. Ready? We're ready. All right, the final ranking, best Beach Boys songs. God Only Knows, Good Vibrations, In My Room, Wouldn't It Be Nice, and Don't Worry Baby. It's it's good. I mean, it's so hard to cut. I mean, when you have a band with as many hits as the Beach Boys, to narrow it down to the top five is as close to an impossible task as you can find. And that's awesome, though, because that means that we get to argue. <laughs> and, and if we didn't argue, did. and if it, and if we didn't argue, though, show wouldn't be much fun. <laughs> so that's part of it. That's part of it. I don't think um, there's any danger of that. We want to thank yeah, you guys right. of uh, uh, for listening. Again, we want you to like and share. Um, let your friends know about it if you enjoyed it. If you listen to us on a platform where you can rate us, you would do us a huge favor if you could give us a rating and a nice review. We uh, Find and interact with us on our social media, which, we, which would be Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. And we would love to interact with you. We always interact with listeners when they contact us over social media. Again, we thank you for listening, and we'll catch you in a couple of weeks. Thanks for joining us on the Music List Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. She almost had it. (laughs)